Welcome to the Copilots Review Airline Customer Service Desk, where we hope you never slip through the cracks. How can we help you today? Um, hi, yeah, I was just wondering if we could, uh, something about The Witcher? Yeah, we expected that. Show was way more popular than our opinion was. Yeah, our opinion apparently wasn't the normal one? Who knows? Glad to have you here. And if you give us just a moment, we will transfer you to some representatives that should be able to help you. Let me put you on hold real quick, and they will be right with you. Thank you for holding, and now let's get right to it. So, we obviously didn't like The Witcher, right? Maybe just a bit. You, though, our guest here, Kants, did. I did. And... I quite like The Witcher. I thought you were speaking on behalf of me then. I was about to get Oh, no. No, 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 no. We understand that our opinion was the unpopular one there. Uh, <laughs> and, like, I want to go back and watch all of season one, honestly, because I do want to, I want to like the show. I want to like it, even if I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I like but, the source I mean, material. I feel like I will understand the reasons why you didn't like the show. Uh, I'm just a sucker for. Well, there's a lot that I'm a sucker for in this show that I think that they did well. That yeah. doesn't mean that they did everything well. <laughs> yeah, the things they did well. I thought the music in the show was amazing. Uh, like, the music was done well. The the dress settings and the character dressings and stuff. I thought all that was done well. For me, it was really just camera work and editing choices. Camera choices, story choices. Yeah. Well, not necessarily story choices, but how they how they showed the story. Yeah, hundred percent. It was it was less the plot and more how they went about to introduce us to the plot. And exactly. The way almost they prioritized not... certain things was insane to me. <laughs> yeah, almost like ninety percent of my issues with the show are directorial problems and editing choices. Nothing to do with the actual show itself, which makes it really feel real bad that I don't like it because everything else seemed good. Yeah. It yeah. was just getting like. My biggest complaint when watching the first episode is how heavily it relies on smash cuts between scenes. Oh my god, it is abysmal. They butchered what could have been one of the best like openings to a, a series ever by yeah. yes. What so? All right, should we? I've made some notes, and it's almost. I basically when I was rewatching this uh, yeah. for us to do this podcast, I wrote down every time that I had a thought whether something was good or something was bad. Yeah. I just wrote what i was thinking so a lot of it might not make sense without the context of what specific part i was watching <laughs> so hopefully me two weeks ago will be able to have helped me in the future but we'll find out the first scene of episode one yeah yeah uh, monster fight i thought is one of the best like scenes of the whole entire show it was definitely the, like the best scene in the first two episodes that we watched in my opinion yeah yeah, I agree. In hindsight, though, <laughs> him being underwater for as long as he was at the start is insane. I don't understand. Does he have superior breathing? Also, why was the monster not moving around? Were they both having a nap <laughs> before the, the he burst out of the water at the, at the start? It was like a good 30 seconds. They were just peacefully, like, I don't know, kissing underwater or something. It was watching it a second time around knowing they're about to burst out of the water it's too peaceful honestly they didn't want to show us the monster love underwater that's the entire problem another reason they cut more things out the the smash cuts <laughs> and the monster love's gone yeah that, that first fight scene is actually a great way to introduce a show and i have to say it start when we started the show i was incredibly excited like that seems like yeah this is gonna be cool yeah and like, yeah, so when I saw that, I thought, this is the show. Oh, sick. Everything's going to be like this. And it's basically the only thing in the show that's like that, which was very sad for me. Exactly. Like, even then, the first smash cut, because there's a smash cut out of there. 
felt fine because we went from this, you know, high octane moment to him just walking. That's a good time to use a smash cut. Yeah. But the rest of the show, not so much. <laughs> that one time, yeah. Not every time, though. Not every single scene needs to end abruptly going into something else that doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. So this is jumping ahead a little bit, but like there's a transition that should have just been a, I'm blanking on the term for the transition, but when one scene just fades into the next and it was when we we're at the tower with the- Yennefer? When we we're at the tower with Yennefer and it pans up into the sky and we get the moon and then it kind of pans left and then it just cuts and cuts back. And now it's daytime and we're back with Geralt. Like <laughs> it does all the panning effort to take you to a different like, part of your they, they could have just, to do like a, a fade transition yeah, and yeah it just smash cuts doesn't <laughs> exactly the moon could have just become the sun you could slowly lighten the sky up and, and then, then just pan back down but no literally <laughs> it writes itself but yeah, yeah. Uh, it's there was a lot of times like that that i i just questioned what they would do it's another like it's the same the editing and the story have basically the same issues which are they just jump around too much it feels like they because, don't know how to get from point A to point B when they're doing it. They're just like, these are the things we know we definitely want in here. We don't know how to put them together, but we'll just we'll just put them in and that'll work, right? <laughs> yeah. And what's so one of my big gripes with episode one mm-hmm. is everything apart from so what we're gonna see in season two, spoilers if you have haven't watched more than two episodes of this show, <laughs> um, is the interactions between Henry Cavill, the Witcher, and the girl who I can't remember the name of because who gives a fuck about this girl? Siri. Yeah, yeah. Siri. Siri. Because now that they're going to interact and they're in the same place and he's looking after her, that is like a promising premise. And yeah. that's, that sounds like the idea of a good show. Getting the lead up to that for a whole season of them being separate <laughs> is basically like her backstory that could have been told in a half an hour scene in season two was... 50% of the whole entire show and it yeah. was by far the most boring part. They were watching The Witcher. We're not watching Little Girl Who's Friends with an Elf. That's not uh, the name of the show. I want to see The Witcher killing big spidery things. The craziest part is how they choose to give us series story. Yeah. Because a lot of it is they we just jump to her for like 30 to 45 seconds and then jump back to somebody else, which in a storytelling structure implies that whatever is happening with Siri is happening. It's happening at the same time. Yeah, yeah currently. Because I was so confused. It took me so long. And then I, I was like connecting the dots in the back of my mind. Like, wait, these people are talking about an event that's happened yeah. in Witcher time. They're talking about an event that's not happened yet. That's happened in the little girl's time. And I've only just realized this and I'm on episode eight. <laughs> I was so annoyed at myself. Oh, yeah. Because well, like- it, it made everything back then put into a different perspective but i didn't know that and i that's not my fault because i feel like i'm pretty good at following series it's just bad storytelling and bad editing and it pissed me off oh yeah another reason why josh and i knew the timeline was at first when we went to the scene with siri for the first time like playing fucking knuckle bones on the street for no reason which does almost nothing for her fucking story other than establish that she doesn't want to be in a castle no it does literally nothing for her story yeah yeah don't don't put the almost in there don't give them any credit josh didn't even realize that wasn't i was like is that is that supposed to be serious like oh my fucking god it is i'm like but are we like at blaviken with your what's this timeline it's like i don't think there is one and then we were just proven right there wasn't justice and i are both familiar with the source material to a certain extent i've read part of the wish which is the first book in the can't in the story and 
The Wish is a lot of what this show does, where it jumps around between stories. It's mainly about Geralt meeting with Yennefer for the first time and like how their paths begin to cross. But it's almost Which like the, the best an anthology. <laughs> but it's almost like The Wish is an anthology of short stories that were later collected. Mm-hmm. And then there's actual books that the author made following Geralt and Siri, told in a linear fashion. But yeah. who knows? Honestly, if they continue to, because like. They adapted it. They adapted the book well. Like that's mm-hmm. part of what the issue is with the show is they did a really good job of adapting the book well, and the book jumps around like the show does. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. So I, I, they should have just instead of doing it like that, they should have instead of making it like a what they tried to do, which is a cohesive one narrative arc yeah. for a series, but they failed. <laughs> is then just tell it in installments. Do like this is a like like it is an anthology of different mini stories. Yeah. Yes. Just do that, but with like the world of the witcher so we don't smash cut in between different stories continuously and our fucking heads are spinning around that said yeah exactly season two picks up with Geralt and Ciri together I have a lot more hopes for it to be less smash cuts and more centered on one story because if they're adapting the books which it feels like they are which is when they he hits the Geralt Ciri relationship in the books it's actual books told in a long format so I have I have high hopes for season two then and so do I that I didn't know where, where season two picked up at, but knowing that that's where season two picks up makes me want to go back and watch the rest of The Witcher season one even more because if I can struggle through that and season two is as good as it should be, <laughs> it'll be worth it. It'll yeah. be worth it. Yeah, I feel like we need to say as well, because we've been shitting on it a little bit. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to speak for you two, but I think that you can't not watch those performances from almost every single character in the show and not be like blown away. Like, oh yeah, all the... is The Witcher. Like, it's insane. Yeah, no. All the actors do great work, which is why the whole directorial and editing part bothers me. Like everything else is really enjoyable, and everyone else is putting in so much work. And it just feels like with the direction and the editing, they're just like, eh. Henry, it's a TV show. It's done. We're Henry good. Cavill has a couple line deliveries that feel a little stiff. Like he doesn't know if he's playing video game Geralt or book Geralt. But at the same time, that's in episode one. I can forgive it. Otherwise, the acting's superb. And with a project like The Witcher. And even uh, Deadpool, like, ah. even, like with, with those type of projects where it's a single actor putting a shit ton of effort into getting these things made because they love the property. Yeah. Like I can't criticize that. Like Henry Cavill loved The Witcher and did everything he could to make a show happen, and that's cool. Like it's, it's so cool. Sick. It's cool when a nerd gets into a position of power where they can make <laughs> things happen. Hell yeah. Yeah, I saw a, a tweet or like a quote from someone on the show that was like, the amount of times Henry Cavill has rewritten lines and corrected the director on story choices <laughs> or whatever, because he knows more about the source material than anyone else on set. It just makes me so happy because knowing how much he is putting into it, A, gives me hope for season two, and B, makes me appreciate all the parts of season one that I like so much more. Yeah, honest to God, having an actor or even a director sometimes who is passionate about what they're making makes so much of a difference in like carrying the authenticity. (laughs) Sorry, I've just seen one of my notes. It just says, (laughs) Henry Cavill is so good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong, but it's just why that's not very cool. Go into more detail in the future, Joe. Why have you written Henry Cavill is good? Give reason, please. Looks like. Uh, he's good because he delivers his dialogue very well. Like other than the one scene where it felt a little stilted was in the bar at the very beginning. That's my only time I think his acting felt stilted at all. Yeah. Everything else, amazing. His line delivery, his portrayal, of, like the struggle, be, uh, the struggle of Geralt. Like his Geralt struggle is being 
between two worlds. He, literally being stuck between two class systems, basically. And he portrays that so well. Like, when he has to make the decision on what to do during the Butcher of Blaviken incident, you can see it all wear on Geralt, what he has to do, he having to kill these people. Because it's not something he wants to do. He's just trying to yeah. stop a murder. He literally spends the entirety of the episode at that point being like, I'm not making a choice. These are both shitty options. I just won't do either. And then literally having his hand forced. Yeah, the, yeah. the two, one of the things that I actually really like about the story from the first two episodes is both of the, like, the dilemmas or both of the morals of the story sum up uh, Gerald's character perfectly, which the first one is the monster dilemma, like the lesser of two evils. You've got to choose yeah. one and, uh, or you don't have to choose any and he goes through that struggle and has to figure it out. Uh, and then the second one is his like class who's who's in the right where do i land as a not a human as a witcher um yeah exactly i think part of so well i think part of the first episode is also about how not not making a choice is still a choice like absolutely yes gerald's choice was to not make a choice but it still forced him in the end to have to take action and do something so honestly from a storytelling perspective, this show is great. I, I have zero complaints from that aspect. Yeah, it's all editing. It's all it's all directive decisions. Yeah, the yeah. only like the only other thing that I think we forgot to mention that bothered us besides the directing camera was getting the exposit the same exposition multiple times. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's a little bit of a directorial choice. A yeah, yeah, screenwriter choice. Yeah, that well, that's the, the only it, other thing. It's yeah. more actually. It's. I wanted to say it's more of an issue in episode two when we get Yennefer, but honestly, it's an issue in both episode one and two where if we find out something while Geralt is the main character, we then have to get that same information while Ciri is the main character. Yeah. And then after they introduce Yennefer, we have to get that same information as Yennefer as a character. And it feels like either the person writing thought people were stupid or was afraid that people would be like, wait, how does she know that? How did Yennefer find out about that? <laughs> yeah. And also because they're then, it's not like the characters don't find out that information in the same episode. They yeah. find out that information in multiple different episodes. And because the timelines are already skewed, it, I'm like, did I hear this before? Or this is a different thing. Are the elves again being <laughs> told to go somewhere else? Or were they told in the previous time? Which timeline am I in? Which scene is this? What's going on? And all it would have taken is A, separate the storylines into separate episodes so that yeah. we just get like a, a series timeline we just get a Gerald timeline and then the episode where they meet up and that would be fine you know when they all cross over that'd be fine but either they separate all of them or they just put a little thing that says the year like <laughs> when they're introducing into the, yes. into the new scene just some sort of context to make people not have to rack their brains around wait which time am i in what's going on where who's what's happened already what hasn't happened that would have fixed so many of the issues over the timeline like as a viewer just Put the year there. Put what yeah. year we're in. Yeah. Like, I understand perhaps the director was like, oh, I want to make people guess and wonder. It's just like, no, don't that, do that. Okay. If, you know what, what does that, that do that's not for a, the story? <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's not a horrible idea. In a different story. In something that's like centered around drama and mystery, great idea. Yeah. In what is essentially an epic adventure fantasy story, doesn't really help you out. No, it's it like, doesn't. On one hand, he was like, well, I don't think they're going to remember that the elves have done such and such. So I'll mention that three different times with three different stories. But on the other hand, they will remember that all of these stories are happening at completely different times. So I just won't bother to give them dates. Like either trust <laughs> your audience or don't trust them. Don't not baby um, them in some ways and baby them in other ways. Honestly, yes. thinking about that, maybe I, I would have to look this up. Maybe the screenwriter for The Witcher 
comes from like traditional television where episodes don't come out all at once. So people aren't going to like binge watch them and have this issue. They come out week by week, sometimes with weeks in between. So you have to refresh your viewers memory because it's been two weeks since they saw an episode. That would make sense, actually. If they come from a traditional television screenwriting background, makes 100% sense some of the choices they made. True. It's still wrong for this medium. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And regardless of that, that doesn't change the fact that even if they're going to give us more exposition, just put a little date, just put a little year, yeah. put an anything. The date, the date would do so much for this show, like so, so much work. Because even after watching it twice now, I still don't know the disparages between times and years between the three timelines. Like, I know that Gerald is an old person, and I know that Yennefer is also older than Ciri. I know hers happens in, like, much a shorter time, and The Witches is a longer time. But I don't know so, comparisons. It could be a thousand years The Witch has been moved okay. around. It could be 50. I don't know. So, I don't have their exact ages off the top of my head, but I know... Geralt's story, the Battle of Blaviken, is about 30 years before Ciri is born. Mm -hmm. So, so roughly, I'd say about 40, 45 years before, 45 -ish years before we see Ciri. Yeah. Right, okay. Yennefer's story is about 70 years before the fall of Sintra. So everything we see for Yennefer is a flashback, even from what we're seeing from Geralt. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing that confused me because in my eyes, they I understand why they didn't because it's The Witcher, but mm -hmm. you'd start with like the oldest story and then the less old story and then the latest story mm -hmm. to be, even if you're going to smash cut between them, yeah. just so we get an idea of chronologically what's happened first. Like even um, if you're not going to follow that setup throughout it, just introducing the oldest first and then the second oldest time. and then yes. that. And then I, switch I, I between totally them how you like, but like introduce them in a way that makes sense. Yeah. So this is just me harping more on the scene transitions, honestly. <laughs> but Smash cuts, goddammit! <laughs> there is a single scene in episode two. The scene that I'm talking about is Yennefer is in okay. Istrid, and it's right after her first lesson, but she's in, she's having a conversation with, with the guy from... Istrid. The guy is Istrid. The guy, yeah, she's having a conversation with Istrid, and we cut to Siri. But Istrid is still talking, implying that there's some thematic connection or that these are happening at the same time. <laughs> there's no thematic connection. They're definitely not happening at the same time either. Yeah, it, is, it blows my mind. I don't get the point of half of the transitions. Like, so some of them, there is mm. some kind of theme that connects yeah. them, like what's happening to them throughout the episodes. And I can yeah. kind of see why a writer went, right, We've got all of these different timelines, all of these different stories. I guess because this person's going through some hardship and this person's going through some hardship, we'll put those two in the same episode. Mm -hmm. But it's, I don't think it's enough of an overarching theme for it to make any sense. Oh, yeah, like in episode two, Yennefer and Siri are both struggling with this idea that they no longer have their home. And like, it's not a major front for either character because we don't really focus on it in dialogue or in storytelling, but they're both struggling in these new environments. And that's that's a reasonable reason to tie two stories together. They just do it very poorly. Yeah. That plus the timeline, it just, like, even if they were going at the same time, the smash cuts are are awful. <laughs> yeah. But the, but like, they're, they're completely different timelines as well. It's just, couldn't be worse, really. Like in episode two, there's maybe a 30 second scene with Siri where she's talking to the I have this adult in my notes right now. with like the head of the family that she's staying with in like that little camp. And then we cut away for like another 30 seconds and then cut back and they're being attacked. It's just like, the, the, oh the yeah, I, we cut I wrote something in my notes about that as well. <laughs> about her specifically being attacked, not about the yeah. smash cut. Sorry, go but on. But like the scene we cut to doesn't really do anything at that time. And it just 
slow stuff down for no reason. Then we cut back over and it's suddenly action. She's like, we, we could have just saved that other scene for a bit later. The scene he's talking about in specific is um, we cut from Yennefer after she's felt her first lesson yeah. to Siri in the refugee camp with the other Sentrans. And we get a little bit of fantasy racism here where the humans hate the elves and, um, and their hobbit but it's literally like like seven. a minute of scene and then we jump back to Geralt and he's doing stuff with dandelion i think they're like literally just walking for a bit and we're with him for about three or four minutes and then we yeah, cut back to yennefer for less than a minute we're, and then we cut back to siri for less than a minute yeah, and then yeah. back to yennefer and cutting just, back and forth that does a great job of hiding any tension and drama but none of this. but there's zero tension in any of those scenes whatsoever yeah, yeah. because like the, the scene where she's with that family she's just having you know like an emotional breakdown like she just went really bad but we resolve that in a comforting manner so we've taken all the tension that you would have had at that point and gotten rid of it then jumped yeah. to another scene and then jumped back there for a battle it's like th there's no tension there it's like they should be raising the tension as though like there's hints towards the camp being invaded or there's hints towards them having to run away and you're thinking about that when it switches between the two scenes but there's no hints at all it's just randomly she wakes up and then everyone's being attacked and then one of my favorite scenes in the show happens where the the dwarf guy gets backhanded and yeah. then he's like, fuck this fuck shit, you. and stabs the fuck out of them all. That was yeah, so good. They're just like, I was, make I, sure. was my favorite character the whole show. I was oh, yeah. not rooting for anyone more. They're just like, make sure you get her silver. And he's like, fuck you, and murders them. And it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they're like, you might die, but we re that's really good silver. Like, do you see the filigree on that knife? It's wonderful. I mean, this knife. Stab, stab, oh, stab, this stab. knife you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I literally just wrote down, love the dwarf killing the mum, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't agree with myself more. In her defense, it was very nice silver. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Even Tol better with the blood on it. Totally excuses the blatant racism. Totally fine. Now that I've said that out loud and I realized that he did stab her with the silver, do you think that's supposed to be a reference to the fact that in the War of the Witcher, silver is really good at killing monsters? You know, subliminally, probably. That was probably somebody's thought when they were writing that. And I think you might just be like the first person to actually like analyze that. <laughs> be like, True, hey, yeah. do you think do you think we're, they were saying that the mother of that family was a monster? <laughs> I mean, that's that would be great symbolism if I think that's one of those things where uh, like when you're at school and there's a red rug in this book and they're like the red symbolizes the anger from the mother of who's uh, whatever. <laughs> it's just a red rug. I yeah. think that's I think it's that's like, one of those. We never put any thought into it, but thanks for making us look smarter. Yeah, exactly. Shakespeare's just like, I, I just like donkeys, so I've made him turn <laughs> into a donkey. There's no symbolism behind it, mate. It's funny. Yeah. One of my favorite things from episode one mm -hmm. uh, was, and um, one of also the worst parts of it, I guess, is Renfrey as a character because yeah. I just I wanted them to exist for so much longer than they did and the fact that they get introduced have a very like one of the best arcs from any character on the show let alone just a random side character for them to then just die it, they were like a perfect parallel and also companion for Gerald and I, I I was very upset to see them go I don't know if I assume that they in the source material aren't around for very long and that's why that they died but they're an important character in so far as they greatly influenced Geralt's backstory yeah but yeah they died they died pretty quick uh, equivocally she in like that story she exists for Geralt to fridge to advance his own character development is that still yeah. fridging I mean does it <laughs> I also character just... development and motivations <laughs> I, I wrote down he must really smell when they were making love <laughs> 
Because so I was true. just looking at him, and he, he looks a bit dirty, and he basically just lives in the swamp, and he's got horrible spider blood all over him, and that's the first thing I could think of. I don't know what <laughs> that says more about me or the scene that I was watching, but uh, yeah, I main character fucking, oh, he must really smell. <laughs> there, I don't want to complain more. I, I don't. <laughs> Go ahead. I want to like complain. the show. There was another tiny issue I had, and it's not so prevalent with Geralt. We get his name really quickly. But every time they introduce another character, specifically main characters, they, oh. they take forever to tell us who the fuck that character is. I think <laughs> yeah. Siri has like six scenes before we get her name. Five scenes before we get her name. Yeah, and it's like 20 minutes into the episode two runtime before we get Yennefer's name. Yeah. Despite starting the episode with her. Like, yeah. I, it just... I want to know who I'm watching. Like, who? Like, why should I care about this character? Are, are they going to be a main character? Can we at least get a name for them? Yeah, they did a, a hell of a lot with uh, Yennefer before I first time of watching. Because I, I went into this not knowing mm. anything about anyone's backstories. I, I haven't, sadly, haven't played any of the Witcher games. And I've not read any of the books or anything like that. Um, I've not played the first or second game, but the third game is actually a masterpiece. And uh, I've been the first and second games yeah. are pretty good too. Uh, I I definitely want to play Witcher three. I just haven't. But so, <laughs> I, I had no idea who any of the main characters were going to be, and I was I actually accidentally started with episode two um, <laughs> when I initially watched the series, and I remember being very confused when they then cut to this random girl and i was like you've not she's not been introduced what the why is she on the run what's going on and i was like i like henry cavill though he's great um and then i realized that this is episode two so i went back and watched the first one so it was like it, i think honestly if they'd done what we said and they'd introduced every character chronologically it would have worked because being introduced to yennefer and her part and then me realizing and then going to episode one and seeing him emerge from the water and stabbing the thing i was like yo that's so sick it was even better having seen like uh, getting introduced to the world seeing yennefer and there being magic and me be like oh this is very interesting it like teases me in and then you get big man stabbing a spider that was that was great actually I, I do have to say that there was a side character who they introduce give a name immediately and had an interesting story until he got killed and that is just because his name was Mouse Sack. This <laughs> one was called Mouse Sack. I don't um, remember that. The Sintra, like, court magician that they had. Series the, tutor. Yeah, series tutor, the guy who they gives <laughs> Siri the explanation and exposition about the princesses and darkness and stuff. It was actually it was actually pronounced Musak, but no, it is spelled Mouse Sack. It's spelled Mouse Sack. Let's it's go. so good. Uh, nah, great like great character just because his name is amazing speaking yeah. of the centering court thing i love it because of how wrong siri's grandmother is when she's like oh, oh yeah. the Nilfgaards are going to kill everyone here's this poison she gives it out to all the nobles and they kill themselves and she's like like from the perspective of having the games and stuff and even with the way they're trying to hunt down Siri, she's like but but no they they're actively trying to take a hostage the thing you said they wouldn't do they won't take anyone hostage they'll kill everyone she's like they're actively not oh, doing that, one. though. <laughs> yeah, there's always an exception to the rule, obviously. Yeah. Honestly, I'm really, I am actually getting excited for season two, just based on the fact that it's more about Geralt and Siri. I think the directorial choices and stuff, I can live with if I have to. I think they've said when they released uh, series one, I think either the producers or the writers or whatever said, we hear you about the 
the jumping around in the story. Oh, and that thank God. Gonna hopefully make a difference for season two. It won't be like that season two. That's I remember reading that somewhere and being like, thank God, because that was the worst part of the show. So hopefully season two is definitely better. Yeah, if they do that, it'll be so, so much better. You've honestly, in about 30 minutes of talking, turned me completely around on wanting to watch the show. Hell yeah. If season, if, if season two <laughs> fixes all the problems I had with season one, let's do it. Yeah. Season two. like They're woo. easy fixes, actually, too. So yeah. it's not like, oh, I hated so much of the story. It's just like, I didn't like some of the, some of the direction for it. Yeah. If that's easily fixed, like... That all said, do you know who the actor Zach McGowan is? No, I don't think so. Uh, he played in a show called Black Cells as Captain Vane. He also played in the last name. M-C-G-O-W-A-N. Uh, oh, I recognize the guy. Yeah. Um, he's still my pick to play Geralt. <laughs> oh, really? I don't think Josh that... heard of, Josh heard about a Witcher season. He's just, I want Zach McGowan to be Geralt. I need him to be Geralt. I'm just like, isn't Zach McGowan like notoriously short? He's not very intimidating. He's like, I don't care. He is intimidating when Have he does his role. Have you watched Black Cells Justice? Captain Bane is a motherfucking intimidating man. <laughs> You're not hey, wrong. Do you know what though? I, he might be a bit not not that he's old, but he might be a bit too old now because he might be going for younger. But I, he could be a very good uh, Wolverine. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I, I have a love for Zach McGowan, and I think he would have made a great Geralt. Although we would have never got the Witcher show if it wasn't for Henry Cavill. So and um, Henry Cavill does a great fucking job anyway. So yeah, I mean, yeah, Henry Cavill does a great job. Does. It's just McGowan was my fantasy casting. I think there, there's some good cosplay photos of him as Geralt and. Um, Oh, really? I, I, I was just sold on it. Let me see what he's look like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the fan edits. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he would be a fan. I mean, they might do, because I think they're introducing, there was, like, other witches in this series one, and uh, I think there's a more prominent, like, second witcher or something going uh, on in the season three. That I think I've seen they cast someone doing something. If they do a season three, then get Zach McGowan in, definitely. 100%. <laughs> would love it. Yeah. Before um, I feel like we're wrap, we're getting close to wrapping up. There's yeah, one yeah. line that I wanted to talk about before we do. Um, <laughs> I I didn't write down much, but I wrote <laughs> down this specific interaction because uh, I I was I remember I was drinking something at the time and I nearly did a spit take because of how amazing this line was. It's when Gerald is going after the goat guy that's helping the yeah. elves and uh, stealing and stuff. <laughs> and they're in the middle of the fight and he goes, did your motherfucker goat? And then they carry on fighting and then the goat man fucking uh, gets the upper hand and goes, did your motherfucker snowman? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, just, I thought those two lines You're right. so well. It was... I can't wait for more interactions like that with Gerald because that, that got me. So I think we've covered everything here. Mainly, the show was good, the directing was bad, and season two looks hype. Yeah. I think that's a great summary. I'm glad that you changed my mind on that. I don't know how Justice feels going forward. Still. I don't think I hated it as much as you. I think I hated some of the choices more than you. But I think somehow, despite the fact that I probably hated certain moments more than you, you ended up hating the show more. So it wasn't I, that hard to change my mind. The show felt like a sludge to me because because of the choice, because of like the story choices and the camera cuts, it felt like I was fighting to watch it. Well, keep in mind, I hate myself, and I will watch through a lot of things just because I started them. So yeah, I, I am a stubborn watcher as well. I'll yeah. start something, realize it's bad, but I'm two episodes in, so I've got to finish all twenty for this se season now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So thank you, Cans, for coming on. Hey, this no problem. Actually, this is actually going to go up at the same time as the season two goes up. That's the <gasps> plan. You know, just nailing those the, the, those that SEO, maybe. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> but anything you want to promote, anything you want to talk about before we go. 
No, not really. I, I guess follow me on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash cans, which is two, two A's, C-A-A-N-T-H-S. Did I spell that right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> right. your, tw- your Twitter is kind of fire. Definitely something to follow. Dropping some memes. I'm doing less streams, but I'm dropping some memes on Twitter. But you're also doing edits for Stans, and honestly, his channel's just been blowing up ever since you took over, so... The edits are fire. Like I've I've literally been watching every Stan's video that goes up. Oh, you cuties. Thank you for doing this with us. No problem. Have me on again at some point in the future. I'll talk about any show I like. 100% (laughs) 100 anytime. We love having guests on and doing these like bonus shows is just a lot of fun. Thank you very much for stopping by the Copilot's airline service desk. If you have any other things you would like to notify us about or contact us about, you can email us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. You can find a link to our email, our Twitter, and our Discord, as well as our YouTube at copilotsreview.simplecast.com. And for quick updates, you can always check us out on Twitter at copilotsreview. Thank you, and hopefully we'll see you on a future flight. Thank you. I'm going to go ahead and end the call. Uh, thank you again for doing this. Yeah. Oh, on it is good fun. I enjoy talking about any show, even if it's awful. If you've got a show that you know is really bad that you want me to watch, I will talk shit about it. Just let me know. <laughs> I might send you a copy of Tattoo Teenage Alien Virus from Beverly Hills then. <laughs> yeah, um, that's. I, I said a bad show, not, not the best thing I've heard in 2021. Okay, look, it's a Super Sentai show about teenagers from Beverly Hills who get the power to transform into giant monsters based off of tattoos. Uh, and then they fight aliens. I just oh, love the sorry, fact yeah, that the name. I just love the fact that the name of it, it doesn't clarify whether it's tattooed teenage alien fighters, right? So are they tattooed teenage aliens that fight things from Beverly Hills? Are they tattooed teenage aliens from Beverly Hills that happen to be fighters? Or are they tattooed teenagers who fight aliens, fight aliens from Beverly Hills? Or are they yeah. themselves from Beverly Hills and fucking aliens? <laughs> yeah, the, There's the, so many possibilities. The aliens are from Beverly Hills and they're tattooed, tattooed teenage people, but from a different planet. Yeah. See, that would be great. It's amazing. It's terrible. It's like God's hero awful, but it's amazing. Have you done an episode on it? We have. And also the theme song is Catchy as Fire. I still can't get it out of my head. Holy shit. Yeah. I might have to watch that and then watch your episode on it then. That sounds great. Alrighty. Again, I'm going to say bye. Yeah. Um, try not to get sidetracked this time. Goodbye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Good speech to you guys. Bye. See you soon. Bye. Yeah.